Are you kidding me? The guy asked for something spooky. Is it a gun that sucks balls? I'm the farting demon in this relationship. <laughs> I'd be an awesome rich person. You're both just an exactly. God, I'm awesome. We're talking Tom Hanks and his vehicles. Yeah, I had my finger in my mouth waiting for you to finish. You gotta get four balls or something? Like dick piercings? <laughs> like, no, you know damn well I'm fucking that demon. It's still sexy. <laughs> How could I be close and not be right? Yeah, I'll just kill some random dude. His wishes. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Plotty Time Watches. This week, Trump slaps in the house. What's up? Doctor scientists couldn't make it. We had all kinds of scheduling issues, but we're not going to miss a week. This week, as you can already tell, we are going to be talking about the 1994 classic film, Street Fighter. <laughs> now, before we even get into it, have you seen this chump slap before you, ha- you watched it for this? No, I do not recall watching this at all. I know for certain I did when I was young, probably in the 90s. Yeah. I remember it not being good, and I remember that... John claude and M. Bison fought at the end. That's all I remembered about this movie. That's pretty much all there is to it. It's not yeah. good, and that does happen. <laughs> no, it was pretty terrible. It was released December 23rd, 1994, written and directed by Stephen E. D'Souza, which is quite a name, but he actually <laughs> has some amazing credits to his name. He wrote the screenplay for Die Hard, Die Hard 2, 48 Hours, Commando, and The Running Man. What the fuck happened here, man? <laughs> That's a great question. To be fair, though, Die Hard was an adaptation of a novel, so he, I guess he wrote the screen uh, version of it. But if I mean, I got you got to think some of those decisions made it into the script, you know? So had to. Good for him, but yeah, this was not great. And there's a whole bunch of onset drama we can get into. Oh yeah. There, there's uh, the movie stars John Claude Van Damme at the. Probably the peak of his popularity. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much they paid him for this shit. And then I'm, I got to see what else he was in around here. But uh, I, regardless, it stars Jean-Claude Van Damme and then the late Raul Julia, who passed away just almost at the end of filming here. Yeah, he died from stomach cancer. This is his last movie, isn't it? It's his last credit. And he said the reason he took the job was because cause he took it, I believe, before he was diagnosed. I may be wrong about that, but he was definitely ill on right, set. Right. And... uh I read that the reason he took this this job was because his kids fucking love Street Fighter. And he's like, well, if I could be in it, maybe I'll have something to like, you know, some oh. bond here. So he's like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. And uh, that's <laughs> how, that's why someone of his acclaim did Street Fighter as M. Bison with nothing resembling a Russian accent. No, I was, it was very strange. Very strange choice. But uh, the movie did make... Quite a profit. The budget was $35 million, eight of which went directly to Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ugh, and then gross. It, its total gross with international was almost $100 million, $99 million. Wow. That's not bad. Yeah, I can't. I don't know how. <laughs> so it was, there's there's some really good trivia to get into. Apparently, allegedly, uh, Jean-Claude Van, well, I guess it's not allegedly, he's telling us this, but anyway. So Jean-Claude Van Damme revealed that during the filming, he had a drug problem and he was going through $10,000 worth of cocaine every week. (laughs) Get the the fuck out of here, man. That explains a lot. It does. And that's why I added this, because this is going to explain some stuff. That's why it's in the preamble (laughs) instead of of scattered throughout. But uh, also, he apparently had an affair with Kylie Minogue, who who was a famous, still is a very famous Australian singer. Right. And then it was the director, Stephen E. D'Souza, also confirmed that in 2018 about the Van Damme cocaine stuff. And apparently he was constantly disrupting the filming of this. 
<laughs> so then, because the, he was, you know, on Coke Brain, and, and that's a problem set, yeah. when you're trying to be on time. So then uh, they hired, the studio hired a guy, the Wrangler, to keep an eye on him, to, you know, make sure he shows up and shit like that. Yeah. But apparently this guy was also a terrible influence. <laughs> so he just hung out and partied all the time. I guess they just hung out and party. They said he'd often call in sick, leave the set, or just show up late or not at all. And basically the director, D'Souza, had to film like a whole bunch of other scenes, like move them <laughs> forward. So, because they had everybody else there, they just didn't have Van Damme. Oh my God, what an asshole. But I also should mention that to the opposite of that, it, this was apparently a difficult shoot in Thailand, and I think part of it was in Australia, and they said it was brutally hot during the whole production. So Kylie Minogue, uh, apparently well-known for her generosity, she rented out an entire club and took the entire cast and crew out and bought drinks for everybody. Oh. Because, you know, she was famous. She had the bag. Yeah, she did. And she's like, you guys, I know this sucks. Come on, let's go out. Let's go to a club. It's on me. So I thought that was really cool. That's pretty sweet. Several uh, other pieces of trivia that are fun, and we'll get to, I'm sure, as we talk through it. All right. Chumpslap, why don't you paint the picture for us okay. of how this film starts? Well, the film starts off with global news television talking about a civil war in Shadaloo. It's been going on for seven months now, and the allied nations are there. Which is, I guess, just like United Nations Army. Yeah, I, I assumed it was like the UN stand-in. Because it was like a force, a multicultural force. Yeah, yeah. And they're there trying to secure, I guess it's a port city in Southeast Asia, this Shadaloo. That's, yeah. Yeah. And the journalist on the television is one Chun-Li herself. Did not know she was a journalist. I don't know. I don't think she is. I guess. I'm, I'm look. I just brought up lore of Street Fighter Two, so hopefully we can answer some questions here. But it says that Chun Li was a Chinese martial artist who works as an Interpol officer. So she's more like a cop than yeah, a journalist. She's not a journalist, but in this she is, and she also works with Balrog and E Honda, who are her cameramen and tech guys, I guess. Yeah, I guess like camera and sound, maybe I don't know, but they they're like they're like a she's team. on camera. Yeah, they're filming her. Yeah, which I thought that was just that was weird, right? To have Balrog and E Honda. Yeah, who e eventually <laughs> they turned out to be very accomplished fighters. Yeah, it turns out somebody sabotaged their fighting careers, so they had to get different jobs, and this is what they fell into. <laughs> like, you don't just accidentally like go from being a sumo wrestler to a tech guy. Or a fucking cameraman. Right. I mean, that's quite a jump. And and at that point, you got to think to yourself, like, am I the problem? The fights are always where I'm at. <laughs> I went into a whole other field, and now I'm in a martial arts tournament? This can't be normal. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it is. But anyway, they talk about how the Allied Nations are securing this port, but the worst is yet to come because they have to fight M. Bison's drug money armored rebel force. It really... It reminded me, I know you, you don't have much for a reference here, but in the older Bond films, it like especially in the 70s and 80s, for some reason, the, the supervillain, whoever the big villain was in that movie, yeah. they, they'd they have their henchmen, right? Like, their goons. And a couple of those movies, especially Moonraker, and I think Live and Let Die, maybe, don't quote me on that, but at a couple of these at the end, there's always, like, the army or the government 
or somebody trying to stop the supervillain for the side of good. And right. then the other, you have the, the war of all the goons at the end. Like in Moonraker, they're shooting lasers at each other in space. <laughs> of course. It just very much reminded me of, of that kind of supervillain armor, like not armor, supervillain uh, cadre he has with him. Yeah, but it's like, why would, there's already a war going on, but they're like, okay, well, I guess M. Bison's going to come in and fight now that the Allies took over the, I don't know, it didn't make any sense. No, it, it, I don't understand why Gully and the reporter were here. Because they don't know where M. Bison is, right? Like, don't they have to track him down? Yeah, they have no idea. He's not even a force in this war right now. But they just bring him up. He's just some psycho who can, <laughs> who can like, take over TV channels at will? All of them? Yeah. Well, I guess he comes up here because he does kidnap 30, 63 relief workers, and he's holding them captive for $20 billion. Which I swear, and I would bet money on this, but the, they very early say it. Like when Chun-Li is doing the reporting, she says that he they're holding it for a ransom of $20 million. Oh, really? When they first said it, it was million, and then every time after that, it was billion. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Because I was like, $20 million, that's, you know. It's definitely billion, man. Especially in 94. Oof, it's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. They, they continue, like, they keep saying it. But it's funny how that was supposed to be like a ridiculously high, insane number, and now we have yeah, it doesn't sound hundreds that, of billionaires. Doesn't sound that crazy now. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but fun fact for our listeners: a million seconds is about twelve days. A billion seconds is thirty-one years. That's gross. So how much? That's how much of a difference that is. <sighs> I feel like people have like, especially I do too. I have problem wrapping my head around large numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you just see million, billion used together, and you're like, ah, that's, yeah, whatever, that's, a million's a lot, but a billion's more. But you don't understand how, it's a hundred, or it's a thousand million. Yeah, that's a lot of millions. That's gross. Anyway, as you were saying? Well, anyway, the commanding officer, one Colonel Guile, JCVD himself, gets on TV to taunt Bison. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what kind of move is this? <laughs> yeah, he just like flexes on him, like fucking. Yeah, talks a bunch of shit. Yeah, and then that's when Bison decides, no, I'm hijacking the fucking feed, and he tells the world. So then he sets the timer, right? Yeah, for three days. What was this timer gonna do? It's the three days to pay the twenty billion, or else he kills the hostages. Gotcha. I thought he was. It was like a bomb timer at first. No. I might have had some substances while watching this movie. Oh, that's So I might miss some things. That's cool. I I watched it. You watched it four times? That's crazy. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, they apparently M. Bison has a personal vendetta against Colonel Guile. Yeah. Like they, they don't even go into like their backstory or anything. What happened there? But they had to have met somewhere before. And who, I mean, John Claude's character is just, like, why would you do that from a military perspective? Like, why would they, they don't let anybody talk to cameras ever. Well, I guess it's the AN is different than the UN. Yeah, true. Maybe he was too hot for his country's army. Like, he's from Brussels, but I think in the movie he's supposed to be American. He's American, Guile's American, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has that fucking really shitty tattoo of a flag. (laughs) I forgot about, yeah. Yeah, that's how you know. Forget about that that silly accent. That's Minnesota. That's how they talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, but his but now we find out that in addition to the sixty three relief workers, they caught three AN army men. They end up killing right. two and taking one 
Carlos Blanca, who is close personal friends of Jean-Claude Van Damme. And yep. they they take him to a lab and they're going to turn him into a super soldier, an evil super soldier. All right, I'll save my thoughts on Blanca for later when he when he's a little more prominent. He kind of gets taken to this lab and we don't really see him much. We check in on him, but Yeah. But then he's in like a tube. Yeah, they're just like we're going to take him to the lab and then blah blah blah. Cut to whole nother scene. And here we see Vega fighting in an underground fighting match. You know how they have, you know, these things like underground boxing, whatever. Of course. Bunch of, bunch of lousy, lousy people of ill report coming to watch live fighting. Correct. And who shows up but Ken and Ryu to do some shady arms deal with Sagat. Are they cops? No. They're just random ass guys. Who have... <laughs> Are they just dudes? Like how? Okay, we'll keep going. I have a lot of questions about this movie, but we'll, yeah. I'll, I'll save them for the end. They're just random ass guys. So they're trying to do these arms deal with Sagat and then blah, blah, blah. Sagat's like, all right, well, I already have the weapons, so ha ha, take that. And they get the weapons out, and it turns out they're just toys. Mm-hmm. So so the whole plan was to try to sell Sagat fucking toy guns, and he wouldn't notice, and they'd get away with it. So they're just, that, which, by the way, we should mention that they look like, like military M16s, but they shoot out tennis balls very softly. Right. Yeah. Which, I'm fine with that. But I don't understand. So are they just, are Ryu and Ken just scumbag, like, scammers? Yeah, it looks like they're just fucking dudes just trying to get by, doing whatever they can. But I don't know how you get into selling fake guns to a well-known arms dealer. That's why I thought they were cops, like, trying to, uh, trying to, trying to get them to admit to buying weapons or something. But I guess not. No, yeah, they're, they're just, just doing it for the money, man. They're just fucking dudes. Yeah. It's very, very stupid. It doesn't make yeah. any sense at all. Yeah, this there's a lot of holes in this. Yeah, I th- I still it was a fun scene where they fought there, and then we go back to the underground. Yeah, go back to where we see Dalsim for the first time, and he's a uh, being held as a slave, working in the lab for Bison, and he's neuro programming fucking Blanca to turn him into a killing machine. You know this classic show you all terrible images of war and death and people screaming bombs and shit. Like the, uh, why am I blanking on the clockwork orange yes, method? exactly like that. Yeah, I get it. So that's what he's doing there now. Yep, yep. And uh, I'm going to also throw in note here that um, a big problem of this movie that I found is just there are too many characters. There like, are. There's not enough time to, to like, build this universe if you're just throwing everybody in and half the characters look like a cameo type rule. Yeah. Like, like I didn't know Thunderhawk was in it until the very end when he showed up. I was like, oh, he was with Kylie Minogue the whole time? Yeah, he was with Cammy the whole time, man. You just don't... They, I think they say it like once. They call him T-Hawk and that's it. Maybe. I don't know if he had any lines. Like, Vega had four lines in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but he was in a lot of the movie. Yeah, he fought the most. <laughs> yeah, he he might have fought the most, and he was in the background. He was always with M. Bison and M. Bison main character, so yeah, he got a lot of screen time, but not a lot of lines, I guess. Yeah, it was it was wild. So then we cut back to the the underground fighting place, and Sagat is pitting Ryu versus Vega, 
and taking bets on a fight. And so they get to the fighting. All right, they do a whole countdown. Ready, here comes the fight. Here comes the first street. Nope. Nope. Guile crashes in with a fucking tank. (laughs) Which, I mean, it's a cool image and all, but it blows my mind, like, what the rationale must have been to put Jean-Claude Van Damme in that tank that busts through the building. We just saw him minutes ago, right? I mean, yes, some time might have passed, but in, we've seen him minutes ago in this film being like, Bison, I'm coming after you. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to find Relive. I'm going to get you. And then he's like, you know what? I would like to take a break and run this tank through that building. Yeah. And while I'm there, I'm going to arrest everybody here. Yeah. Every single person went to the clink. Yeah. He's like, he just pops out of this tank and he's like, you're all under arrest. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, the most unrealistic thing about that scene is everyone would have ran. Not even, like, before the cop showed up. They would have saw the tank and be like, fuck this, and run away. Yeah, exactly. But no, everyone is in the clink now. Man. Shitty underground fight. I would have ran. Like, if I saw someone bust through the wall, I'm like, nope, I'm out. And how many people did he kill with that thing? (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) That's a real good point. uh, He doesn't care as long as he got his fucking man. Which I guess he took a detour to get, because he didn't, like, was he shaking the place down trying to get info? I feel like I'm stretching when I say that. They didn't specify that, right? Yeah, unless he knew that there was an arms deal going on. with. I think he knows Sagat is an arms dealer for Bison, but... Okay. I don't know. I thought maybe... Maybe he's, like, kicking up, because they don't know where Bison is right now. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, maybe he was just kicking up some rocks, seeing if anybody knew. I guess, but it's a funny way to do it by arresting a whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you could have just asked him there. You didn't need to take all these people in. Yeah, but he does. So everyone's at prison, and this is where we first see Cammy and T-Hawk. They're radar specialists or something. They're working under uh, Guile. And they're at the prison yard, and uh, a large fight breaks out. And... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's with Ken, Ryu, all fucking Sagat's men. They're all just fighting in the prison. And then Guile shows up. He's like, I'm going to recruit Ken and Ryu. And they don't really tell you what's going on yet, but it, it, it comes up later. And so did are we led to believe that Guile moved into town, immediately drove a tank through a wall of a known criminal, arrested every single person there in order to at least interrogate him and get some info. And then he also is like, you know what? Those two criminals are good. I think they're good dudes. I'm going (laughs) to bring them on board. Yeah. It's just wild. It doesn't make any sense. It's like that he liked the way they fought in the prison riot or what? Yeah. He does say something along those lines, doesn't he? Like, I like the way they fight or. Yeah. Like, I like the cut of their jib. Let me see if I can get them on our side. I don't know. And then he recruits them. I, I don't know. Yeah. Then there's another quick cut back here to big bags of DNA mutagen and anabolic plasma. <laughs> those are awesome. Those are absolutely awesome. For those of you that don't know, these were cartoonishly large <laughs> IV bags with like that written right on the outside and one's red, one's yellow. Like they are oh. selling this chemical sci-fi bullshit. It was really good. And then the computer's just going, like, muscle mass increased by 40%. Just keeps increasing Blanca's muscle masses. Anyway, they just cut there just to show you that. And then they cut back, and now it's Ken, Ryu, and all of Sagat's men are getting transported because 
Guile's like, I'm going to get you guys off this island because blah, 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 whatever. Wasn't this, I, I took this as like, okay, I've sorted through those people. Now these are the ones. Yeah, like these are the badasses that we're getting rid of here. Yeah, everyone else go home. These guys right here are who we really wanted to talk to. Yeah. So Ken and Ryu start a fight, grab keys to escape and help Sagat escape. And in the the whole melee, the, they kill Guile. He gets shot. Yeah. Ken shoots him, doesn't he? Yeah. Ken shoots him from the back of the getaway truck. And you're like, oh, no, Ken, you are a lowlife. Not like the cool dude that was in my game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're no hero. So now we're led to believe Guile's dead and the world is mourning. So we go to Bison's underground bunker where he sees the news on the television and he's talking about building a place called Bisonopolis. I knew there was no way you weren't going to mention that. <laughs> it's like a, I, I don't even know. It's like a compound, a huge, huge, huge classic looking architecture building surrounded by a bunch more. It's super stupid. He just, yeah, it's his vision of the future where everyone's going to, everyone's going to want to be there because he's going to rule the world and it's going to be a utopia. I don't, it just blows my mind that there were, like the one guy, DJ, who was, uh, I don't know, by his hacker. I don't know what else to call him. Yeah. I don't know who that guy was. His name in the film was DJ. Also, we forgot to mention Chun-Li through a tracker. Oh, the yes. escaping van right. so they could get them because that explains why they're there in the next scene. Right. But uh, yeah, the Bisonopolis, I don't understand how this guy still thinks in his mind that he's like, he's the good guy. I don't know. He talks because right after this, he's talking. He's really bummed because he really wanted to hand to hand fight Guile because he's not really a violent man. He just wants to to do this. It wants honor and in, in his fighting. And then he talks Which, about a peaceful world. I don't know. I was just going to say, if he's he's so concerned about, like, the honorable head-to-head matchup between these two juggernauts, he's like, it has to happen, I get it. But at the same time, two random soldiers try to attack him, and he's like, gets him in a quick hold, neck snap drop. Yeah. Like, he just murders two of them, but he's like, this guy, though, this guy doesn't deserve to be just killed immediately. No. He deserves a good fight, because I've seen him fight, and I think it would be fun. He fights good. I got to beat the best. Here. Yeah, yeah. Got to beat the best to be the best, you know? Word. But yeah, it's all very heavy, heavy, heavy fascism type stuff going on here. Oh, yes. So now, cut back to Chun-Li following the homing device that should lead them to Bison. And now she's she's like, there's a, <laughs> there's a scene here where they're like, oh, we're getting interference. And then Balrog says, that's not interference. But on the screen, it says interference. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he knew what that screen was going to say. <laughs> this is really bad. But then shes they're talking about some other interference. So Chun-Li plays cat burglar, dresses up, trying to go find some other si- signal that's around here or something. We'd have to top and take a second. Yeah, because this is where the, the uh, truck ended up, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But her outfit, her cat burglar outfit, I couldn't get over the fact that it covered her whole body, but left a weird triangle in her face. Yeah. It was kind of like a hoodie. Yeah, it was like a hoodie that you cinched the strings a little bit. Yeah. It was very strange. Yeah, it didn't didn't make sense. As soon as she gets into the morgue, she just takes it off. 
Like she takes off the hood. Like, yeah. well, what are we doing here? What was the whole point? Yeah, I don't get it. If you're not going to be seen by anyone anyway, why even fucking dress differently? Right. Uh, but wouldn't it be easier, like, if you got caught to just dress normally and be like, oh, my God, I'm, I was so drunk. I'm just trying to get home. Yeah, not just, oh, God, I was dressed like a shadow. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> but then after that, uh, she <laughs> finds a tracker in the morgue where I guess Guile, how long? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of questions here. I wanted to ask this too. Yes, just to, to make sure we finish what happens in the scene. <laughs> she goes to the morgue with the tracking thing. She she sees bodies and she's like, "Who's that?" And she lifts up the the thing, and it's Guile, and he immediately comes to life. Yeah. So the whole thing was a hoax. He was wearing blood packs. He was trying to get people to believe he was dead. Yeah. And how long was he laying there? Just <laughs> how long was he just waiting for someone to come and like do that? Did he know she was going to come? What? Well, yeah. Was did he find the thing and like take it with him to see if she would come? And if so, why? Like he does know who she is. She's like famous press, I guess. Yeah. He's saying she always wants an interview with him. It's just it doesn't make sense. how he's like, oh, fuck this journalist. She only wants an interview. She's really annoying me to. I think she might also be a cat burglar. You know, that connection's not. <laughs> yeah. Why would she even want an interview when she just tried to interview him in the beginning of the movie and he just took the mic and was a douchebag? Yeah, he really fucking kanye that mic. Yeah, it was. <sighs> it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the word. That's the word. And then also he's like, um, I'm going to arrest you because you shouldn't be burglaring. And she's like, what if I help you fight bison? And then he's like, yeah, then great. Yeah. That's great. Well, they still try to take her. They do, but she's like, fuck the story. I don't care. I won't say any of this. I just want the guy dead. And then that's enough for Jean-Claude Van Damme to be like, this will be a good asset in our military. Right. Someone with a blood oath. She escapes. And now we're at, oh my God, some ridiculous warlord swap meet going on. <laughs> I had that she she escapes almost immediately and Gully is turned on. Giles oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, she escaped me, and he's like, oh, hey. Yeah, they're like, oh. The other two people are like, oh, fuck, that sucked. And he's like, yeah, what a a woman. (laughs) Or, yeah, something like that. That's what a real woman looks like. He said something real real misogynist. Yeah, he really does play the misogynist well here. He really does. Like, the roided up, crazy massage. I don't know how he got to the rank of colonel acting this recklessly. (laughs) Like, he had to pass (laughs) officer school, right? Yeah, he couldn't just... I don't know, man. It's a different. Or world. was it? Was it a thing where he got kicked out of the American military, and then he went to the ANs like, "Hey, I got skills you could use. Maybe. Let me loose to do whatever I want." They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna pay you so little, but yeah, come on." Yeah, out. you don't get money, but you can do. You can say whatever you want. Who gives a shit? Exactly. But this desert arms deal, I assumed it was like a temporary arms market. Bizarre. Yeah, it was God like a pop up. <laughs> yeah, like a pop up. Exactly. <laughs> So, they're all there's a whole bunch of arms deals going on, and now the whole crew is there. It's Chun Li, uh, Balrog, and Honda. Mm-hmm. Now they're playing magician to I don't know everybody. Sagat, Bison, they're all doing arms deals, and these people are on stage in front of everybody, just doing magic tricks. So my question, not. Yeah, it's mostly rhetorical. Uh, how did Chun-Li get there so fast? 
I don't know. It was nighttime, and she was just at John Claude Van Damme's. I wish I. I guess this all takes place in the same city, so this could be a whole day. Yeah, it could all. Yeah, it could be a whole day. We don't. We have know. no idea what the time. It must have been a whole day because the last time we saw the timer, I have it written down here, was when Gully. Right after he arrests everybody, he goes and fights that attacker. We skipped over it because it's not an important scene, but basically some guy came in trying to kill somebody. It might have been Guile. Gully. I'm forgetting which one it is. Guile. Guile. <laughs> <laughs> like he's trying to fight him. Guile takes him out, and he's like, anyway, what were we talking about? Just to show how tough he is to take out a crazy guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But at that point, after I over-explained all that, there was 58 hours on the clock. Yes. I did take a note of it behind them. And then we have this scene where they're in the arms deal and the next one where they're where Bison and Scott are negotiating. And then right after that, it's 12 hours. So yeah. we're looking at like a day and a half. Yeah. So that just disappears. They don't, there's no fucking consistency they don't check in, in time here. Yeah. No, I like, you're, we have no idea. It could have been the same night. It could have been 24 hours later. Yeah. And I'm not saying every movie needs to put that in every single scene, but I would have liked some kind of notice of where we were at. Yeah, it would have been nice, but we don't get it. <laughs> we don't. We do not. So, Scott and Bison are doing an arms deal. <laughs> oh my God, this is great. Yeah. Bison's like, I'm not going to pay you now. We can split the country when we have it. And then he shows Scott this box of fucking his own currency. He made he That's, printed up his own currency. I called them bison bucks. Yeah. It's exactly what they are. They're bison bucks. And Scott's like, what the fuck is this? This ain't worth the money <laughs> it's printed on. It's like this is what is this like your fun Monopoly night currency? What is what is this bullshit? And he's like, Well, when I run the world, this is gonna be the currency, you see? So <laughs> it's gonna be worth five times the British pound because I'm going to kidnap the queen. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is... Talk about world domination. Making your own currency, planning to dominate it, and be like, oh, we already got new currency. It's this right here. By yeah. the way, I'm the only one that prints it. Oh, God. It's awesome. It's it's pretty funny. It's I felt sad for Bison at that point. I yeah, was... I was like, how do you do payroll and stuff? Like, you need to keep these, these goons paid. Yeah. Because they are getting paid. DJ says later in the movie that he is getting paid for this. He specifically did say that, yes. Yeah. So now Sagat's pissed. There's a standoff between Sagat and Bison's men. And uh, the Chun-Li crew breaks it. Or they they have a TV there that starts playing. And it shows them setting off a, a truck full of explosives and setting it in their direction. Yeah, they sure do. Do I guess they just blew up a truck to? Like, do they even care if there's anybody in like near that wall where the blown up truck is going? You know what I mean? No. It seems like these quote good guys are pretty reckless. Yeah, Chun Li's. This is where you find out Chun Li's just like, I don't care if this is the last thing I do. I'm gonna take him out. So it's kind of like a suicide bombing almost, but they don't die. Nobody dies. So was that before or after they kind of, I guess, recruited Ken and Ryu? <sighs> Because remember that scene where they she lures Ken into the, oh yeah yeah that's, and then the, then E Honda and Bog are there but that I assume she's like we're all, guys let's be cool we're all on the same side let's work together yes, blah 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 yeah so I still have no idea if Ken and Ryu were good guys the whole time I have no idea I don't know well they're working with Guile and now they're working with Chun Li but then they I don't know are they just total free agents maybe yeah it just seems like they're flip flopping back and forth. 
they're supposed to be good guys, but you know. Yeah, I guess for the for the movie, we just believe they're on the side of good. Yeah, well, they eventually that, make it. And the movie assumes they told you that well enough. They, did not. <laughs> they, they sure make a couple of assumptions here. Yeah, they do. Oh, it says in the Wikipedia that they are American con artists. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, con artists trying to sell to arms dealers. Those con artists with a heart of gold. Yeah. Fucking, oh, Jesus Christ. Dime a dozen out there. <laughs> well, anyway, the truck explodes. Everyone makes it out. And now we're back at Bison headquarters. And Scott's whole team's here. Every All the bad guys are here. And now there's a scene... Where the security council talks to Guile and they're like, Guile, you're relieved of your duty. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna try to work this out. We're gonna try to negotiate. This fucking suit just coming in, yeah. trying to give this guy orders. <laughs> yep. He's like, Nope, you're done here. We got this. And then Guile's like, Well, that's fucking too bad. I'm gonna take this fucking stealth boat and I'm gonna shove it up Bison's ass. Here we go. Fun piece of trivia. They This scene, this whole thing where they come up on the river on the boats, yeah. it was actually supposed to be an air assault. Like, that's what production did and paid for. And then they found out, because they filmed it in Thailand, and the government of Thailand wouldn't let them fly around all the helicopters they need to oh, do really? this scene. So they were like, no, you can't do it. So they, that's why they had to change it to a water. Oh, like, wow. River well, and water entry. So were they going to have a fucking stealth helicopter or something? I guess, dude. Or no, we fly it really low under radar, bro. That's that's how movies always work. Yeah, I don't know. So then we cut back to Chun-Li. She's being held by Bison, and he dressed her up like fucking her classic outfit. Mm -hmm. And she tells him that she's desired revenge on him since blah, 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 since the day he overthrew her village. And he's like... Well, let me just stop you there, because that meant the world to you, and to me, it was just a Tuesday. I don't even fucking remember it. Oh, that's brutal. Dude, she gets so pissed. Brutal. (laughs) The most important thing that ever happened to you, your reason for existing is to get revenge, and they're like, I'm going to kill you because you did that, and they're just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, Maybe I did that. Yeah, I guess, maybe. I I did that to a lot of villages, lady. I'd be so much angrier. Like oh. I would, yeah, that's great. And then in this scene here, they're they're in his in Bison's personal space. Mm-hmm. He has a painting. It, it looks like the John Wayne Gacy self portrait, but it's him. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. It's I. It's in the trivia. I was gonna say that it was based on the John Wayne Gacy clown art. Yeah, that was fucking. Why? That was so weird because I kept seeing it behind them and I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know, I, I would have, it was like the one painting he had on like a, a fucking bezel or what are those things called? The artist stand? Easel. Is it a bezel? Bezel? Yeah. It's, it was like on one of those. Yeah. Like he was still painting it or what? Yeah. If he had like wild art all over his place, I'd be like, all right, that makes sense. He likes wild art. No, he had one other painting. It was the Napoleon painting. That's right. With him good on the pickup. horse instead, but... Yes, yes. I mean, that looked good. And then there's this John Wayne Gacy thing. I'm like, what the fuck? What? I was so confused. Why would you shout out that man like that? Yeah. That was just such a wild decision. <laughs> I don't know whose decision that was, but it was funny. <laughs> I think it's in my trivia. So, 
at this point, she's so pissed off. She breaks out of her handcuffs and she kicks him around the room a little bit. And this is when Honda and Balrog show up with Ken and Ryu. And before they can get in to help the fight, he locks himself in like a, a safe room behind a glass door mm-hmm. and, and starts gassing the rest of them. Which, who even thinks to install knockout gas in every room in their home? Evil geniuses. Well, I don't want to call him an evil genius at all. Evil millionaires who made their money from drugs, I guess. They say that once, but they don't really go into it. Yeah, they never talk about drugs or anything like that. He's just some super villain. Yeah, which I don't even think he has money. <laughs> yeah, how did he get this far if, if he needed that much money? Yeah, I don't got it. He's like, don't you worry. I mean, all this money, Dad, you're investing is going to be worth it when we overthrow the government and install our own currency. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, son, you're really thinking ahead. Here's a million dollars. Yeah, because in the beginning, they t- they say like he has the military power of most industrialized nations, so mm-hmm. he can hold his own, but you don't really see that. <laughs> yeah, and you don't see like just the regular civilians of whatever society he's running out there. No, they're just army guys. They're just army dudes. It's a super villain thing. Yeah. I don't get it. But after they get knocked out, we cut to Dalsum, who decides before it's too late, he changes the cerebral programming to show happy, flowery shit. It was just so dumb. He tries to save some humanity for, what's his name? Carlos Blanca? Blanca. No, Charlie Blanca. Yeah. So that they just had to throw that in there just to make sure you know Dalsum's a good guy and he's trying to save Blanca. Now mm-hmm. we cut back to the stealth boat <laughs> blowing up enemy radar going down the river. Which apparently if you look through a lens at the boat, it can disappear entirely. Yeah. Which I, that is not, I will tell you right now, how stealth boats work. I don't know if you have ever seen one of these boats. <laughs> I haven't, you're right. Yeah. If we're only using this for research, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. So this invisible boat is making its way, blowing up the all the fucking radars and shit. Mm-hmm. And they, we cut back to Bison's lair where Guile is, calls him up and he's, he's like, oh, I'm coming to collect your ass. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> Which, interesting way to say that, but okay. Yeah. He's like, debt collector, I'm coming for your ass. And everyone's like, oh my God, Guile's alive. To which Bison says, he says this to Sagat. He's like, of course Guile's alive. He's like, of course he's you asshole. Because he sent these guys to trick you. Talking about Ken and Ryu. Yeah, he's he's acting like this was so blatantly obvious from the beginning that this is what would be happening. And yeah. then gets mad at his dudes for not figuring that out. Yeah, but he didn't tell anybody. <laughs> no, exactly. He's totally deflecting. Oh, God, it's so bad. And then he's like, all right, I'm getting on my floating command seat, <laughs> which yeah. he's going to release some what are they, water mines. Whatever they're called. Yeah, underwater mines. To try to blow up the boat. Which I love because he was using like the fucking video game controller thing on the still launch the missiles. It was the literal one from fucking Street Fighter arcade game with the world on it. Oh, it was great. That's wild. Great little cameo though. Yeah. So right before the boat explodes from all the mines being released, the heroes make it out. 
the heroes being Guile, T-Hawk, and Cammy. Right. So the boat's exploded. They think they got him again. And now they're in the lab. Yeah. He pops up in the lab? Yeah. Well, we pop back to the lab, and this is where Blanca gets out. Right, right. And and I guess in this scuffle, uh, Dalsim gets like his he gets that liquid from those wild IV bags on his arm. I, <laughs> yeah. I think that was supposed to be like explaining why he has extendo arms. Yeah, in the future. I assume that, but then he doesn't. He never like gets them during. They never the did movie. anything. They no. never did anything with that. They just gave him the dose and were like, "Is it gonna happen? Mm, I don't know." Well, they really wanted to make a second one of these. I'm sure. Well, there is a there's a great piece of trivia uh, that might explain some of this. Oh. Uh, there were several setbacks on set. The production was six days behind schedule already on day 10 <laughs> of the shoot in Thailand. So every time when the producers confronted the director with the delays, uh, Stephen D'Souza, he used what he called the old John Ford trick. Uh, John Ford was a famous director, did a bunch of Westerns in like the 40s and 50s. Okay. But... The John Ford trick is tearing out a page from the script in order to get back on track. Oh, shut the fuck up. So he did that, and then by the time they got into editing, he found out that several vital scenes were missing. (laughs) Yeah, you idiot. You don't just fucking take pages out. And then he's like, the fight scenes choreography that they put on film like lacked cohesion, he said. It didn't make sense. So he had to have the sets rebuilt in Vancouver to do reshoots on this. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I thought that was fucking hilarious that he just did it to himself. Like, like, why would you think that'd be okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, the whole rest of the fucking shoot was fucking a, a joke anyway. So, Yeah. Also, we talked about it briefly, but there are way too many characters in this movie. Yeah. Apparently, that was not the director's decision. That was Capcom. Oh, they wanted to have everybody in. They wanted to have more people, more people, more people, so he obliged. Oh, okay. I thought that was very interesting, and I guess the the game good guys are different from the movie good guys. Yeah, because E-Honda's not a good guy in the game. Apparently, when Capcom did it, it was Ryu, E-Honda, Blanca, Guile, Ken, Chun-Li... Zangief, Dalsim, Cammy, Thunderhawk, and DJ. Those are all the good characters. The villains are Balrog, Vega, Sagat, and Master Bison. Oh, that's it? Yeah, but the movie's a little different. In the movie, Vega, uh, Victor, Iron Fist, Sagat, and General M. Bison are the bad guys. So Balrog switched sides there. And Zangief. And DJ. And yeah, Zangief started off as an asshole, and then later he yeah. warms up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, all right. Guile, Cammy, and T-Hawk are now... They made it to the temple above where bison's lair is so they break into the lair and at this point time's up they check the bank account no ransom has been paid Mm -hmm. so the brilliant idea is to release blanca on the 63 hostages Mm -hmm. oh that can't be a thing right that there's if you add in blanca at 64 hostages why Nintendo reference, maybe. Um, I don't. Think, I could be. I I could be overthinking it too. I don't know. Maybe, could be just a little fucking Easter egg. There we go. But that was his whole plan the whole time. He wasn't gonna. He was just gonna release Blanca on these guys. I don't. I think so. Right. Cause, yeah, because Guy just... meets Blanca here. He's about to murder him, like to put him out of his misery, because he's like, please just kill me. And Dalsum steps in, stops it. And then Guile gets in the chamber 
and gets brought raised up to the command room where mm-hmm. where it was supposed to be Blanca to kill all the hostages. But Guile goes up. Once the door opens, fucking shoots out of the fucking thing mm-hmm. and kicks M. Bison right in the face. Did like a 30-foot jump. Dude, it was huge. For the kick directly to the face. <laughs> and Bison's like, shakes it off. I'm like, no, your your skull, your brain hit your skull a bunch of times. You need to no, go take a nap. Yeah. Then he's like, all right, we'll shoot the hostages. But Guile gets to the controls and closes the hostage pit in time. The hostage pit. Yeah, I love how they call, they keep calling it the hostage pit. Jeez, awesome. Yeah. So now, in the command room, we have everybody's there, and it's a huge gunfight now. Mm-hmm. It's not a regular street fight. It's a gunfight. It's a shootout. Everyone's just getting shot at. Shit's happening. And this is where E Honda and Zangief just pair up and start fighting. So I gotta think about this a sec. <laughs> So, if you're working for your boss, and your boss is like, hey, I need your help, we're doing a project in the throne room, you know, I love my thrones, (laughs) and I guess that one you're just like, whatever, he wants to feel important, who cares? We need to install an iris-type pit in the ground. Of course. No, I I want the hostages there in my throne room, (laughs) but I want it to only be like four feet tall so everyone can't stand up. Yeah. That is at that point. If you work for him, you gotta be like, "This isn't this isn't the good guy, right? This can't be." Well, if it's a means to an end, and you believe that the ends justify the means, that's deep. You might think he's a good guy. You know what I mean? It's a very deep jump slap. If he's like, "We're only doing this to get the money to start our utopia. We're not gonna really kill the guys," you know? Yeah, dude, relax. We're not gonna actually kill people. He did say something about creating the first super soldier or something like that yeah that too he's got a lot of irons in the fire here (laughs) he's got a lot of ideas yeah he is an idea man i'll give him that absolutely he's not very good at any of them but he's trying (laughs) so honda and zangief are fighting and zangief's always just been there behind fucking bison he's just like a guy doesn't really do much he's just always standing there Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the the AN forces show up and they swarm. So now this big shootout with the AN forces, all of Bison's men. And this is where DJ DJ and Bison are standing there. Bison's talking to him. But DJ just decides to he's out, he's done. He's had enough. Yep, he's out. He's not getting paid enough for this, so he goes, sneaks out, steals a treasure chest, and is making his way out. Yeah, every man for himself at this point. Yeah. And then Ken and Ryu part ways. Ken's like, I'm going to stay and fight. Or no, Ryu's like, I'm going to stay and fight and help. And Ken's like, why, dude? We're, we're not getting paid for this shit. We did our part. And he's like, peace, I'm out of here. Hmm. And now Guile is cornered by a whole bunch of Bison's men with guns. And he pulls out this little tiny knife. And he's like, let's go. I got, I'm going to fucking take you all on. And then all the... The guys put their guns down and start backing away. And that was a fun moment, yeah. He's like, really? He's like, really? Yeah, fucking A. You guys know how tough I am. That was a fun reveal. I feel like I've seen it before in things, but... Oh, yeah. But pretty good. It was, it, was, it was all right. I'll give him that one. And he turns around. There's a whole squad behind him of AN. And 
and Bison comes up and he's like, all right, well, it's here's the big chance. I'm going to fight Guile one-on-one, everybody out. So I forgot to mention this, but there's there's a scene where M. Bison lets Blanca out and he's like going after Bison's guys. So, <laughs> so he's like, what the fuck were they showing you? And he turns a little dial on a little TV and it shows the the, the nice stuff in yeah. the brain feed. <laughs> Why? I can't. How can you explain that? Like, I need a direct screen just to the brainwashing material. Yeah. And I want to just turn it on or off and see exactly what our brainwashed people are seeing at that moment. That was the first first thing that comes to his mind, too. Not that it didn't work. His right. first thing That's- was... Let me see what the brainwash material is. And he's like, I knew it. And he punches a fucking screen. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could see where he's like, I think something's wrong. But yeah, why would you think to check the brainwash? He's already roided up like twice his size for muscle crazy elixirs. Yeah. But he doesn't have electric powers like, you know, in the game. They were trying to probably to save that for the sequel. Probably. But anyway, that I love that scene. That was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> so now everyone just... They follow Bison's orders. They're like, okay, everybody leaves. Everyone gets out. So now we have the big fight. I think this, at this point in the movie, I was like, oh, thank God it's almost over. And I did that thing where you press up to check how much time's remaining. And it was like 28 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. I was like, this is going to be a long ass fight. It dragged out. There was so little fighting in this movie. Yeah. There was just... Nothing. I mean, it's enough fighting for a comedy, but Street Fighter, come on, it's a fighting game. You expect the fights. Yeah, it was very disappointing that. There was also a uh, pretty funny story about that, too. So this guy by the name of Charlie Pacerni was hired as the stunt coordinator. Right. And he uh, he said, I'll take it as long as I have enough time to train the cast. And the director's like, okay, that's great. But he had no experience with any of this video game fighting. So he found out halfway through the shoot that the different characters should have different fighting styles. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so the guy who was in job of teaching them how to fight cool in this movie had no idea he had to treat different styles for these characters. That's, uh, yeah, because you don't see, Chun-Li never does the fucking thousand kicks, but you do see... Honda does the thousand fist punch for like yeah, a split second. I definitely saw that. And I definitely saw when Guile did like a uppercut that was supposed to be like his signature move. Oh, yeah. And he does the backflip kick twice. Yeah. So they tried with Guile, I guess. Yeah. Or I guess that was, you know, after the halfway point when they realized they should have been. No, it's at the it's only at the very last 20 minutes you see anybody because Vega even does his roll on the ground, punch with his claw thing. He does that twice at the end, too. Forgot all about that. Yeah. But anyway, we're at the fight with Bison and Guile. And Guile kicks Bison's ass all up and down the place, throws him into the fucking control panel where he gets electrocuted. And he gets a phone call, kind of like a phone call, a video call or whatever. Sure. Whatever technology they made up for this. And they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Did you win? And he's like, yeah, I'm only half dead. He's full dead. So awesome. (laughs) So awesome. It is. So we're led to believe now that M. Bison has been shocked to death. Yes. But. What? Bison has some type of life support system in his suit or something. 
that mm-hmm. it tries three different ways. It tries CPR, something else, and then... I think it was an adrenaline shot in there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then adrenaline shot. And he finally comes back to life. And now he has electric powers, dude, that like allow fucking, him to levitate and shit. Like the Emperor from Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Yeah, was, you get me. I was going to say Raiden, but yeah. We can make Star Wars references now that Dr. Scientist isn't here. I still don't. I never watched it. Really? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, it's too late now. So yeah, well I can't get into it now. It's ridiculous. So M. Bison now has electrical powers, and he can fly around. He can hover. He can shoot electricity from his fingertips. And he really quickly masters the art of hovering. Yeah. You know I mean, there was there was no, like, training, like, oh, 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 okay, I got to learn how to stabilize this thing. He just did it. No, he knew exactly how to fly across the screen and punch. <laughs> yeah, he did, like, a barrel roll, like, Superman style. Yeah. Isn't that, that was one of his moves, isn't it? Like, he jumped. It has to be. Jumps up on the back of the screen and then just shoots straight ahead. It has to be, right? Otherwise, that wouldn't make any sense at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't have electric powers, though. He did have, like, a little blue flame. I don't know. Hmm. I really... Was hoping to see a Hadouken or anything in here. So the fight goes on until eventually he comes flying at Guile. And Guile perfectly times a roundhouse kick and kicks him across the fucking room into a wall of video monitors where he is down for the count. And this causes the whole room to explode and the whole air, the whole fucking place to go on self-destruct mode. So Which, I don't know why villains keep installing those things i guess to destroy evidence i could get it if like he had it attached to his heart like a fail safe that if he dies just blow up the whole fucking thing yeah he would definitely do that i'll buy that yeah so the whole place is ready to self-destruct all everyone's just running out and then sagat and vega start fighting ryu and oh man he's getting hurt he's almost down for the count and Ken shows back up to help. He's like, oh, thank God that I was gone for two seconds. And that didn't really mean anything. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't just say goodbye and try to run and then be like, oh, I guess I'll come back and help. Uh, yeah, what the, fu- what the fuck was the point of that? Also, in this scene, we see Balrog in his fighting outfit, which was like purple shorts and a purple tank top and fucking boxing gloves. Where did he get that? When did he change in this mission? Yeah, because he didn't have it when... They kidnapped him. Did he just find it there at the I, that's what enemy? I'm I don't very know. Very curious about. <laughs> or does he does he always have that under his clothes? Where did he get the boxing gloves at? <laughs> a lot of that's questions. A good question. Must be one of those pages they ripped out that explains that. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So then, uh, destruction starts. Zangief runs into. DJ and Sagat, who are trying to lead. No, just DJ, I think. Yeah, at one point, he runs into DJ, and DJ says the great line of, I should have stayed at Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. But that was pretty good. Yeah, and he, this is where Zangief, he's like, well, what are you, what are you doing? What, we got to stop them. These guys are coming to stop our wonderful ideas. And then DJ tells him, like, he... No, Bison was evil. These people are here to stop his evilness. And then Zangief's like, well, why'd you do it? He's like, because I got paid. (laughs) Zangief's like, what? You got paid? Dude, that was 
I, I just love that where he's finally like, look, a multicultural force is coming in to make sure he can't do his job. Like, we're not the good guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that never crossed Zangief's mind before. Never thought about it for a second. He was just like, this guy seems like he's got it together. I think I'll just follow him. Yeah. But now he's like, oh, shit. Well, I got to help these guys escape. Yeah, I guess I am the bad guy. (laughs) So Blastor's about to shut everybody in. And he steps under it and holds it up for everybody so they can escape. And they all get out somehow. And they're just standing around like, oh, everyone's here. Everyone made it out. Oh, where's Guile? Well, they also, for some reason, Dalsum and Blanca just decided to stay and get blown up. Oh, yeah, because Blanca didn't want to leave because he's like, I'm not going looking like this. I'm a fucking monster, so I'll just die here. And Dalsum says, I'll stay with him because, I mean, I'll just, like, as repentance for my evil part in this even though he was being forced to do it yeah you gotta give him a break give yourself a break on that one bud like you you didn't do it for fun yeah well he didn't want to live with it anyway so Mm, i guess to each their own yeah so they're all standing around they're like oh no where's guile and then the whole fucking place explodes behind them and we see dj and sagat who now has his signature large scar on his chest yep of course they they're opening the treasure that dj stole and when they open it they find out oh my god it's just those bison bucks it's oh like, shit shit he must have really believed in that bison buck currency if he had it in the main safe like seriously who's gonna steal that yeah they'll just see funny money and be like look at this asshole and then they'd go on with their day yeah there was nothing else in there they could have stole that was worth money it was just like plans and stuff yeah, just a couple plans, his passports. Where's the real money? Where was he paying people with? <laughs> that, I don't have an answer for you, Chompslap. That doesn't fucking... make sense. Well, I Where'd guess... the base come from? Yeah. Like Someone had to build that. <laughs> Unless he kidnapped everyone and held them at gunpoint, but that'd be crazy, right? I guess, because where'd he get the money for the gun? <laughs> <laughs> You're having a hard time getting past this, huh? I really am. But anyway, so they're done. They're standing, everyone else is, all the good guys are standing around. And Guile just appears out of all the smoke and rubble and sexualizes Chun-Li. <laughs> yeah, it really hits on her good. Yeah. She's like, oh, maybe I'll give you that interview you always wanted, but you have to wear this. That's fucking that was, very sexual. That was gross. Yeah. Gross. Bad. And then they all just pose. For a final cap. Freeze frame ending. And then roll credits. Man, that movie was... Did It you, wasn't good. Did you stay to the end of the credits? I did not. What happened after that? Oh. <laughs> I couldn't wait to turn the fucking thing off. Yeah, me neither. But then I was like, why is it allowing me to resume? Because <laughs> it's well. credits. So, end of credits, there's like a 10 second scene where it's just all the rubble and it's just a computer voice that's like solar battery recharging and all of a sudden bison's hand comes rising up out of the rubble and it says the computer says choose your whatever for the day and he clicks on world domination on the menu (gasps) does that mean m bison's alive oh yeah that's pretty crazy then it ends and then i guess we're just gonna do they're gonna do the same sequel again just the same thing Uh uh-huh yeah 
He's just got to build another fucking fort somewhere. I uh, did the last piece of trivia I'll give you, which I thought was really fun, was D'Souza, he edited the movie, or, you know, they edited the movie. They sent it to the MPAA, and it got a PG rating. Yeah. So he's like, that's fucking lame. No kid, no, like, teenagers are going to come see Street Fighter. (laughs) Yeah. So they had they shot a scene where Jean Claude Van Damme says a couple swear words to get it to PG thirteen. Shut up! That's yeah, that happened apparently. That's funny because in the beginning I, I noticed it said PG thirteen due to nonstop martial arts and action violence. That there was barely considering the movie is called Street Fighter about the game where you fight people. There was a shockingly little amount of fighting in this. Yeah, there was no. Non-stop martial arts, my asshole. The movie was an hour and 40, right? So how much of that do you think was actually fighting? Well, considering how... If you had to guess. Considering how it was all, like, really bad clipped-together fighting, like, you know what I mean? Where there was no scene that was longer than 20 seconds of two people fighting, I don't think. Yeah, they never, like, finished the fights. Yeah. They were just like, start a fight, and then this person's fighting them, and then switch back to another fight, see what they're doing. It was edited real weird. Yeah, it was bad. And, yeah, I, I, you got to think the whole reason was to have people fighting. That's the point, right, of this movie? That's what I thought. Though I shouldn't just shit on everything. The part I did like about it was that the the military force was basically the UN, the AN. So they, could ha- they would have characters of different nationalities all being a part of that yeah they had to do that just to push them in there yeah i like how that made us gave us a connection between different nations for people to still be fighting yeah but really it was only three we only got to know three an soldiers anyway that's a good point and two of them are american cammy is british i think but well then why are these people in shadow why are they there like what why is the well, an there yeah so the na is there to stop bison well they were there to stop I think there was a there's a civil war going on in the beginning. Oh, is that what it was? They just glossed over the civil war in the beginning. Yeah, hmm, I missed that part. Yeah, they it just, they say it once. They're like a se- seven month civil war going on, and so it was a situation where Guile got deployed to calm down the civil war, and then I guess he won and got done with it, and I was like, hey, anyways, I hear Bison's on this island. I'm gonna find you and kick your ass. Yeah, that's like it made it seem like they used the civil war as a way to get into just to fight bison. Oh, you think the false flag op? Yeah. Uh, maybe a psyop? Could have been, man. Could have been. Who the hell I knows? wouldn't put it past the UN. Yeah, these fuckers. These fuckers. <laughs> well, I mean, this was definitely the least fun of the of the ridiculous movie. I thought working at Bernie's 2 was more fun than this one. Oh, fuck, yeah. Man, I thought this would be like silly stupid fun but it's it took itself way too serious and it wasn't silly or fun at all <laughs> no the jokes didn't land at all there was a couple funny moments in there but they they weren't good um also too many characters we, we said it before just you're just too many yeah they tried to yeah like you said capcom made them push all these people in there that didn't even make sense together yeah exactly like i still can't get over that Chun-Li, her camera guy is Balrog, and her, you know, E-Honda is the tech guy. Like, what? That's the backstory we're giving these people? They're supposed to be these mythical legends in a fighting tournament? Like, well, they were just there, and they knew how to fight, so. Yeah. I think Guile even says it. Somebody says it to E-Honda. He's like, you almost made... Oh. 
Yokozuna or whatever. And he's like, yeah, but then I got uh, disgraced by some bullshit campaign or whatever. They really just gloss over the whole thing. Yeah, they've, that he has a background in sumo. Yeah, and that Balrog was a world-class boxer. And then someone yeah. disgraced his name somehow. So all the rejects went and worked with Chun-Li, who was there in her capacity as a reporter, but also really there to t- take revenge on M. Bison. Right. She wanted revenge on M. Bison. She's a cat burglar. She's a magician and a reporter. She really is the perfect woman, right? <sighs> Jack of all traits, dude. Indeed. So you got to give it a final rating out of what was our rating system for these? I don't know. Did we even rate them? Let's rate them now. We're going to call them Bison Bucks. How many Bison Bucks would you give this movie? A score of out of our normal metric of 27. <sighs> bison Bucks for this movie? How many would I pay? I'll give it three bison bucks. Okay, three. I. What's your what's your justification here for three? Because the movie was utter nonsense. It took mm-hmm. a beloved video game franchise and totally shit all over it. Had nothing to do with any of it. Was Guile ever like the main guy in Street Fighter? I thought it was always like Ken and Ryu at the heart of it. Yeah, I always thought they were like the big, like main characters. I mean, no, Bison was always, like, the bad guy, but... Yeah, he. I mean, he was a main character. He's the bad guy for sure. But, yeah, I thought usually the lore was started with them, too. Yeah. I mean, they, I, they all have their backstories and all that, but... Yeah, I guess they just had to try to make it American, America hooray bullshit, but it was just it was just bad. I mean, the best part for me was the DNA mutagen jug. <laughs> that, yeah, it was pretty fantastic. Um, so I would probably go, I'm going to say two. Oh yeah. Why? For all the reasons you said, but also because I, th- it looks like this was made by people who have never played the game or have only played it like at the arcade. It had no vibe or feeling associated like with street fighter to it. Yeah. None at all. It just felt like there was a lot of talking, a lot of scenes of people con- like confronting each other and very little fighting yes. for what I would call the movie Street Fighter, which is a fighting game. Yeah. I thought Mortal Kombat did a much better job at this. Yeah, man. I didn't even see any streets in this game, dude. That's a good point. (laughs) I think the underground cage match for Vega was a place. That was like his... Oh, yeah. That's like his normal thing. Yeah, so you can jump on the barbed wire and jump off of it. Yeah. so cheap anyway. I do remember that. Anyway, so yeah, two. It it wasn't great. There was a lot, lot wrong with it. I would have liked to rather focus on a couple different characters rather than the whole gambit of everybody. Yeah. Like in the game, is it a tournament or is it you're just trying to be the best in the world? I thought you were just trying to be the best in the world flying around to different countries to like fight their best yeah, fighter. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought too. I have no idea if that's correct or if there was more of a story to it, but that's what I got out of it. Yeah. The same, that would have that would have been way better. Would have made a lot more sense because I'm still confused about some of the things here. Like the... Uh, helmet cam feed that's in bison's office i really can't get past the what the the feed that's showing what brainwashing (laughs) is happening that he has in his room why wouldn't he want that (laughs) he wants to make sure dalsim's not fucking with him dude maybe because dalsim was definitely held there against his will oh yeah he's covered in chains and shit yeah he got that super goop on his arm but i don't know if it did anything we'll have to wait for the sequel i guess yeah well you're gonna be waiting a while it's a good point yeah, a bunch of stuff was wrong with this. The dictator M. Bison thing is just silly. Yeah, that's not how I thought M. Bison was. Plus, he is supposed to be Russian, right? 
Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. If you got nothing else to say, you want to wrap this up? Yeah. I think we we talked about this fucking garbage for enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you guys have a movie to recommend to us for us to watch and talk about, feel free to let us know uh, by email. And where would they send that email to, Sir Chompslat? Send it to plottytime at gmail.com. I'll read and respond, and I'll take note of that movie. 100% guaranteed response rate at least once. For true. Hasn't broken the street yet in three years. Uh, if you want to get to us faster on socials, how would they do that, Dr. Zon? Oh, man, I, I went right into it. <laughs> How would they find us on the socials, Sir Chomp Slap? Uh, I guess we're on Instagram. I don't know if anyone's even on Twitter anymore, but it's at Plotty Time. Give it a look. <laughs> Perfect. You guys will go to the subreddit, r slash Plotty Time, and uh, be part of the conversation. It's a lot of fun out there. Hell yeah. So that does it for us. So shout out to Blaine JJ, Drago the Slago, Ham Man, and Louise Guzman. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks.